0: is sports best broadcasted fake Live and direct on the reposted podcast network. I'm Larry Olson. Still in one of my three original survivor pools for the NFL. He's Andrew Keller who needed a ferocious and amazing 19 point rally from Lamar Jackson and the Ravens on Monday night to remain alive in the Kirk Peterson enterprises survivor pool. I was watching for you and I didn't feel good until Indy decided to poop on themselves Right in the middle of the Monday night, congratulations to you, Mr. Keller.
1: I think that was a showdown of who can poop on themselves the most because neither team did anything I thought was great. Uh, There were some great quarterback showdowns. And, I mean, if you look at the statistics, it was great for fantasy. But I wanted to turn that game off about four times. And I was like, all right, if they don't do this, we're going to turn it off. And that game was a a dumpster fire by all accounts.
0: But a great rally, 19 points down. I said, wow, Keller's been kicked out. Turns out he has not been kicked out of the Kirk Peterson pool. Congratulations to you.
1: One weird statistic they put up during the game was that Indy, uh, since 1984, was 102 and 0 when leading by 16 or more in the fourth quarter. And then we're watching that. Nicole goes, Well, uh, where do they go? Statistics are meant to be broken. Records are meant to be broken. And I was like, Well, she called the shot.
0: I did see that statistic and wondered what everybody else's in the league's record was when leading by 16 points in the fourth yeah, quarter. I don't think any was like that better than anybody else. They just happened to know. I mean, anyways, well, the big story yeah. around the entire universe is John Gruden resigning as head coach of the Raiders, following reports that emails he wrote over the last 10 years were racist, misogynistic and anti-gay the emails came to light during the NFL's investigation into workplace misconduct with the Washington franchise. Turns out Gruden was tied with Washington's GM, Bruce Allen, and emailed him that Commissioner Roger Goodell should not have pressured then Rams coach Jeff Fisher to draft queers. That's what his words, not mine. Referring to former defensive end, Michael Sam, a gay player, New York times also reported that Gruden used an anti-gay slur in several instances in referring to Goodell himself and used offensive language to describe some owners, coaches, and media members. The NFL reviewed the emails, but has yet to actually reveal them to the media Gruden was smack in the middle of a 10-year, 100 million dollar contract. Here's what I'm this is this is what I'm surprised about. The grown men, intelligent people still don't realize that if you email something to someone, that someone could forward it on to
1: someone else. Like why are you leaving a paper trail of your bad behavior? That was something that stood out to me, and then just the uh, a little bit of digging. Uh, the only reason only reason this came out was because the Washington Football Team was under investigation for uh, inappropriate practices. So, like, had that been a well run institution, these emails would not have come to light. And there, I guess there's also some version of John Gruden is a high ranking person, and your subordinate like being a whistleblower is kind of a scary thing. Uh, so. It's been interesting. I mean, this is the headline story across all platforms today after the day after he resigned. I was listening to one of my favorite shows, PTI, and both the hosts of that, Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser, like we don't have a problem with him as a person. Every interaction we've had with him has been good. And, And they kind of predicted it's going to be up to how his his team feels about him, whether he's going to be accepted or not. And I would say that maybe his team wasn't cool with it and he resigned. So sucks to sucks to be John Gruden and uh, sucks to be a terrible person. One thing I hope that comes out of this is that maybe in the future, people will not let these things get swept swept under the rug for 10 years before it comes out. Like if you get an email from your boss saying explicit, explicit material, you'd be like, hey man, knock it off. Or hey HR, this is what I'm dealing with.
0: Yeah, there's also if you're if you're a famous person, you're going to get all sides of this. One of the sides I heard that, that John Gruden was phony and people knew it. And so like if he goes into his locker room after all this comes out and his players are like, this guy's a phony. Of course, he's a racist. Of course, he's a, Then they're not going to believe him. And then it's going to be over with. We mentioned this on our other show. Do you, what kind of life do you lead? Are you a misogynist on the sly? And then when you get on Monday Night Football, you're nice to everybody. He was living a dual life, apparently, because he used a lot of bad terms.
1: Yeah, I think there's maybe more leniency for an apology if it was a, a one off offense yeah. where if he said something <laughs> yeah. and he was like maybe trying to make a joke and it landed poorly, but there's it's not it like I sent one email that was off color. It was a lot. And so I, I don't think there's I don't think we're gonna be hearing much from John Gruden in the future. I guess he can go hang out with Michael Richards.
0: Once again, Maybe I, Larry Olson, 5'10", white guy from Whittier, don't need to worry about what I said in emails, but you're John Gruden. Don't you go like, man, if I put some bad stuff down, this could maybe get out. I don't know.
1: I mean, maybe, but also having played football, there is some, some cult. there's a culture of it. And I I think this kind of speaks to what all of being in the NFL was like for his time. And it's not him being an isolated person saying these types of things. I'm guessing if you scrubbed, Emails for the last twenty years of all NFL personnel—you're going to find tons of this stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, you shouldn't call the commissioner bad names in an email and think you're going to keep your job.
1: Yeah. Don't call the commissioner bad games, and also don't bet on a uh, perfect PAT weekend for the NFL. This week, week five had the most number of PATs missed in an entire. Wow. Entire entire weekend of the NFL. And I guess the, the idea of moving the PAT further back was to make games more exciting, which the aforementioned Ravens-Colts game, that was arguably the difference between going into Jeez. overtime and not, was an early PAT miss. The Colts had some kind of kicker thing going on. And uh, another thing that happened, the Cowboys are 4-1. and one. How about them Cowboys for the first time since Dak was a rookie and they won the NFC East? Arizona is still undefeated and my biggest question for this week five recap to you is: At what point are we going to start taking Arizona seriously? Even if they go twelve and zero, I'm still viewing Arizona as a franchise that can't close. Even though the personnel have nothing to do with it, I think it's going to take them going deep into the playoffs for me to be like, "All right, Arizona is someone to a force to be reckoned with." Like I see Green Bay with a a couple of missteps early on. I'm like, "All right, you're a good franchise. You know what's going to happen." It will, do you take Arizona seriously now that they're still undefeated?
0: Here's what I know. In my family, my wife takes the Arizona Cardinals very seriously. She's very interested in that Cliff Kingsbury. and says he's very good looking and they could ride his handsome good looks all the way to the Super Bowl championship.
1: Yeah. And then, you no opinion on your end?
0: <laughs> no, I'm going with my wife. The dude's good looking. How could they lose?
1: I mean, if you go with the Tom Brady math, there's there's no other way to spin it. One side note, maybe not side note, but uh, it seems like we haven't talked about COVID-19 in a while, but there were four starters for the Patriots that were on the COVID-19 list uh, this week, and they missed games. I'm curious to seeing all these sold-out sporting events with full stadiums not really masked up as far as I can tell. It makes me wonder, like I was kind of saying – They called their shot that China is not going to let anyone attend games. We have full, fully loaded stadiums for the past month and a half, two months. COVID's down. Should we revisit the Olympics allowing people? My harbinger of all things COVID is,
0: comes down to Mary Hart, the old (laughs) former uh, anchor of like Entertainment Tonight or whatever. She She has seats right behind the Dodger dugout like right behind the catcher, so you could always see her when you're watching a Dodger game. Yeah. And last night for the playoffs, she had her mask on the entire game while well, nobody else around her had it on. So if Mary Hart's got a mask on, America, maybe we should mask up.
1: All right. So Larry is following his wife for uh, football picks and Mary Hart for COVID protocol.
0: Yep. She had it on the whole game. Husband did not, by the way. Her husband, who she's there with, did not wear a mask at all. Yet her... right. I'm just wondering if you go in with your husband who didn't wear a mask, why do you have one? What... Anyways.
1: Mary Hart. Let's see what she's up to before you leave your home this afternoon. You mentioned field
0: goals. My favorite field goal mishaps of the weekend was Mason Crosby of the Packers missing three potential game winning field goals before finally kicking on his fourth try as the Packers beat the Bengals. My favorite part of this game was when Bengals rookie kicker Evan McPherson thought he kicked the game winning field goal with 21 seconds left. Starts jumping up and down like he had kicked the game winner. Turns out it didn't go in. It didn't
1: go in. Yeah, it hit a flag or something, right?
0: Like, went just to the left. Like, if you – I'm watching slow-mo, you go like, oh, yeah. But, like, maybe in life, it's just like he's jumping around like he won and he didn't win.
1: (laughs) Schadenfreude. Yeah, I mean, there's speculation. I mean, Mason Crosby has kind of been former Colorado Buffalo, by the way. I think he set the record for CU when I was there for the longest kick made. But he's he's always been great. It's like, at what point are you putting good money after bad? Like, he's already missed two. Are you going to give him the shot to go for a third game winner? He misses it again. Uh, That was just uh, similar to the Monday night game. I don't want to win. You win. I don't want to win. You win. And then putting up the kickers kind of sucks. Um, But back to my Monday night football game, Callis Campbell had the blocked field goal towards the end of the game that would have clinched it for the Colts. I couldn't find any statistics. I Googled this. But the announcers in the game said that was his eighth career blocked field goal. And the second highest ever is five blocked field goal. He's he's 6'8", 300 pounds, and runs a 4'8". This guy's massive. Yeah, I just
0: would never want to be a kicker. I mean, as much glory as you get for kicking the winner, you just get it so much so for kicking the not kicking the the you kick the loser, you don't make it. Like I just, that's not pressure I want in my life.
1: I don't want to be a kicker either. I don't even think you get that much glory. You get some camera time of you jumping up and down and a huge guy picking you up, but like you still the post game wants to interview the quarterback or interview tight end andrews for being amazing so yeah it sucks to be a kicker but you can have a really long career mason Crosby is 37 uh the baltimore's kicker think, no the colts kicker like blackwell or something he's 37 people you can give longevity as a kicker but you don't necessarily have a good life
0: colorado buffalo mason crosby thank you
1: yeah originally from texas basically i'm mason crosby <laughs> There was a pretty exciting weekend in college football. A, uh, apparently Jimbo Fisher this summer called his shot, saying that they were going to beat Alabama, and they did. Unranked Texas A&M, knocked off Alabama, and they plummeted all the way from number one to number five. They are five and one, Ohio State's five and one, Penn State's five and one. And then at number eight is undefeated Michigan, and number 10 undefeated Michigan State. I don't know at what point being undefeated catapults you past an SEC team, but the, uh, the top five seem, seem pretty, uh, pretty solid, but then kind of gets squirrely after that. Also, how much does ranking matter today halfway through the season?
0: So the Texas A&M game where they uh, beat Alabama was obviously a big deal, and I watched the highlights. And what I'm most interested in, the fans rushed the field after Texas A&M won. Yes, and I always like that Alabama's got he's got one of the state troopers with him, Nick Saban, mm. and so like they're rushing the field and there's Nick Saban. Like, imagine you're one of the college students and you like bump into Nick Saban. Like, you think he Nick pushes you back?
1: Um, I don't know. I bet you I wouldn't want to bump into Nick Saban. I'm kind of scared of him. That think of the state trooper though. Do you remember Bobby Bowden? Yeah, he had the same state trooper yes. his entire career. Yes. So it's like that guy wasn't protecting anything. That was 100 percent ceremonial. And, uh, I guess also honorable mention Oklahoma barely survived Texas at the red river shootout, which is one of the hardest tickets in college football to get, which is played in Dallas crazy. And then Iowa and Cincinnati, welcome to the top five, Iowa breaking in the top or being number two for the first time since they've had this ranking system in the early nineties. I don't know about Iowa. I don't have, I don't have con- like Arizona. I don't have confidence in Iowa. What's say Karen on Iowa?
0: Um, Uncle Kirk has this new thing where he can make bets now legally. So who are you taking to win the national championship?
1: Uh, Oklahoma.
0: Okay. Really? All right. That's, I
1: mean, sure. Who's Karen taking?
0: She's taking the hottest coach. I think it's the guy from Oregon. Molinati or whatever.
1: Oh, four and one Oregon. Yeah. That's a long shot. I mean, that's in line with Larry's long shot. So is it a lock? Let's lock in the bet. <laughs>
0: um, just
1: in case you didn't know
0: what Phil Mickelson has been doing. He's been kicking old guys to the balls and taking their money. Just in case you didn't know the reigning PGA champ, 32 is his last four holes to win his third PGA tour champions event. Mickelson earned $300,000 by winning the, uh, whatever this tournament is, wherever he's playing. If you didn't know what the tour, the, if you don't know what the, t- the tour champions Schwab cup is, it's where the old guys go and they can no longer play in the PGA. He's winning and getting paid, but do you think he's embarrassed at all by beating the likes of Steve Flesh, Cameron Beckman, and Juan and Hell Jimenez? Like,
1: what's he doing? I don't think he's embarrassed at all. I mean, that's high right. level golf. We couldn't beat any what? of them. What blows my mind is I thought the most interesting part of this story was the name of the tournament was the Furek and Friends. Jim Furick puts it on. It's called Furek and Friends. How much money do you have to have to name a tournament Larry Olsen and Friends?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not a golfer. I'm a to white guy from Whittier.
1: Well, what if you had uh, some... I, I don't know. Furick and Friends is such a strange tournament name. I thought that was silly. I think he should be more embarrassed he's playing in the Furican and Friends, not the fact that he won 300 grand.
0: How many people do you know were 10th in line at Fox and Friends and
1: almost got on the morning show? I know one person that was. <laughs> I was so close. Damn it. Would you be embarrassed to win $300,000 yes. doing something? You Yes, what? if
0: I was Phil Mickelson. Yes, I would be embarrassed if I was Phil Mickelson. What should he be
1: doing? Coming in 30th? You yes. Have a PGA Tour event? Kicking old guys in the balls and taking their money? Come on. You don't want to go out like that. He's pretty old. He qualifies for the He's Champions Tour.
0: He's still good. Maybe. Shame on him. Shame on him.
1: He's still good, but when we're looking at the uh, the PGA Tour money payout or whatever, I don't even know what they're calling it, but that thing we <laughs> talked about earlier this summer on who has it's the highest money. Q rating is going to divide a $8 million purse. He doesn't make the top 10 and most popular golfers. I don't think. No, I don't see him on it. Tiger... Running away with it is still the most like the most Googled, the most anything for golf. I'm curious to see how they, if they're gonna publicize how this plays out because Tiger should win the majority of it. But uh, just for a quick recap, it goes from an independent study. We have Tiger, Rory, Jordan Spieth, friend of the show. Oh, Phil was number four. That was an embarrassing lead in. DJ Bryson, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and John Ram. I think it would be fun for uh, for Bryson to be like, "Hey, uh, I'm number 6. Kepka, you're number 9. I win." Just love that
0: Tiger's been in, sitting in a hospital for like 6 months and he's going to win this 8 million dollar pot just cuz he's Shouldn't uh, he be
1: embarrassed that he's laying in no! bed and all these guys no. are He's not kicking old guys in the balls and taking their money. He's kicking young guys in the balls being like, "Hey, I'm not doing anything and I win this Q rating and you're out there grinding. Here's a kick in the balls."
0: 36-year-old freshman walk-on former NBA star JR Smith playing his first college golf tournament for North Carolina a t at Elon's Phoenix Invitational. A 12-over-par 83 in round one, then a 7-over 7 78 in round two. When last we saw Mr. Smith, he was shirtless, part of an on-court celebration with LeBron James after the Lakers had just closed out an NBA title run in the bubble. Props to the NBA to be... Uh, he. he all I have to say is we see him with his shirt off. He's celebrating. We kind of ran this story a couple of months ago that he was going to play golf. What, I, I was confused by this in that wouldn't he have played and gotten a scholarship to play basketball in college and then not be eligible to play golf? Turns out he went right from high school to the NBA, mm-hmm. so he was eligible. He didn't use up his eligibility. Well, I don't understand why more people aren't doing this. Like, if you could go play golf on scholarship at a college after your NBA
1: career, why not? Did he get a scholarship? I read that he was a walk-on. I guess it doesn't really matter either way. No, you, he 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 jumped
0: right from high school to the uh, NBA. He didn't play oh, in golf. golf now. Oh well, he's yeah. or oh, maybe he's why he's not getting the scholarship.
1: Good point. Yeah, I think the uh, the the twenty thousand dollars a year tuition or whatever <laughs> it is is probably probably negligible to him. I don't know how his finances worked out, but yeah, I mean it seems like more people would do it. I was actually talking to Nicole about it last night, and it's like. Why don't more people do this? And I mean, in the past, it used to be once you were over 30, your body wasn't able to compete at a high level. But now with the uh, avocado smoothies that Tom Brady told us all about is that you can do it at, at an older age and, and golf is um, arguably nice on the, uh, the joints, but maybe professional soccer players could go back to college and kick. As I pointed out earlier, there's a longevity in that career. Listen, if you're telling me
0: when last we saw J.R. Smith with his shirt off running around celebrating NBA championship, that dude could shoot a round of seven over. I'm like, hell no. Yeah. Apparently he can. Kudos to that guy, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, good for him. It's it's. I hope he does something well. I think I would love that him to to creep into that Q rating for the for the PGA. <laughs> maybe <laughs> make a couple of tour events. Maybe win the Open. Another honorable mention for golf is—I uh, don't know if you've seen any of these stories—but John Daly's son is now competing at a higher level, and he's been—he looks very similar to his dad, which is fun. Uh, I would love uh, another round of John Daly to track for, for me as a spectator.
0: Maybe with like a little less like um, alcohol-related issues. Like I like the fun part of it, not the not fun.
1: I mean, the fun part of it was he was doing these things hungover, and you didn't know what you were going to get. Oh, maybe that's true. Maybe that's I, mean, true. I, I, mean, I don't know what you thought the fun part of it was, but in a sad turn of events, the number one overall draft pick of the 1990 Major League Baseball draft has lost the ability to play baseball, and it was put on showcase at the ALDS game, and here is the FS1 team with the call.
0: Popped up foul ground as Anderson and Freeman both going over in late to kind of react to his darn no, but... Oh, my. And ends up in the seats.
1: And did you see who dropped that ball? Is that Chipper? That is Chipper Jones, who just dropped a pop fly. It's
0: a Hall of Famer right there. <laughs> oh, the thing about this is that he dropped the ball outside the thing. Now he's done it twice. Like a couple of years ago, the same thing happened and he dropped the ball.
1: Yeah, it's it's not a good look. I mean, it wasn't a very difficult catch to make, it was straight up and straight down. He should have caught it. It's embarrassing um maybe at some point do you just avoid it is that more humiliating than dropping it i don't know as someone who's gotten multiple foul balls in my career i don't know chipper jones my here's my question the percentage that a hall of famer is going to barehand
0: a ball that comes to him while he's sitting in the stands i feel like that's fairly high we're going to say that's like 80 percent he's going to be able to catch it
1: yeah it's very high it's a lot higher than the, the the probability that someone of note in the stands would have the ball hit to them in general i mean one in thirty thousand. i don't know what the capacity of that stadium is and he's gotten two and he's like he's right he's almost in the same seat yeah so i don't know is it embarrassing number one over had you told an 18 year old chipper jones you're gonna drop multiple balls in uh, the atlanta stadium he'd be like no i'm a good baseball player you're wrong chipper you're not a good baseball player how many of the balls you caught you bareheaded? Zero. Oh. What'd you do? Use your hat or something? Bounce. They bounced. Caught them on the bounce. Oh. I was on a date one time, and the line drive came foul, and the girl with me was, we were both standing up, and the person in front of us was going to catch it. He ducked at the last second, and slammed <gasps> her in the chest, and then went a couple of rows. And so we didn't even get the ball, but she got hit hard. So did you have to, like, leave the game? No, she was a trooper. We made it through Dude, she, that's I awesome. mean, imagine taking a um, a I can't, foul ball in the sternum. That's not good.
0: On a date.
1: Yeah, man. I'm a good that date. to take people a, to the Giants games.
0: Damn, that would have made, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's not Nicole because that would have made for a great story.
1: No, it was not Nicole. That one that one didn't work out. But I have one last thing <laughs> to say about Chipper Jones is he's basically kicking all of the Atlanta Braves players in the nuts by showing up to the game and not, not catching him. So shame on you, Chipper Jones. There you Listen,
0: go. we all can't kick people in the like Phil Mickelson. Four Mason Crosby, otherwise known as J Keller, I'm Larry
1: Olson. We'll see you on the next Sports Fest!